Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel like, you know, my 90 day guarantee period with 2020 is up and I want to return it. I want to send 2020 back. I'm done with this shit. I want to return it and I want to get a new one. I That's how I feel, Matt. You know, I got mixed feelings on all that because I don't know, uh, as, as challenging as it's been and some of the stuff that's been super hard and has really triggered me at times, at the same time, I'm like, wow, it's like, this is crazy to experience history. Oh, yeah. Like, as long as this doesn't get too out of control, like, all right, we can reel it in soon. But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is this is wild. Wild. So, uh, it's it's yeah. Every day feels like April Fool's, which would be tomorrow. And so, uh, yeah. It came yeah, man. The government to say it was all a big joke. Uh, I, I I wish, man. I wish, yeah. man. So let's let's do the proper intro. We we are live. It is four thirty seven here on the East Coast, and in Austin, Texas, it's what an hour earlier, right? We are yeah. We have three thirty six p.m. Three thirty six. So they're actually an hour and one minute earlier than here. They're a minute slower because in New York we're a minute faster. I'm with my amazing guest today, Matt. Uh, um, Ganyan. He didn't know how I was gonna pronounce it, but uh, Matt is incredible. Yeah, we're going to do the full intro in a minute there. Uh, I had Matt as a kind of a surprise last minute guest on my show uh, last week. I've been doing the podcast live. I've been trying to do it daily during the week. Um, it's becoming a lot, man. But I'll tell you something interesting, Matt. Um, I had this kind of thought last night that this show and my podcast and all the content production that I've been doing over the last year, in the last three weeks, it's it's been what's keeping me sane, man. It's been keeping me sane on a couple of levels. One, the consistency, the effort. The, the level of work and time that's going into it is giving me something to focus on rather than all the BS crap that's going on out there. It's giving me something positive. Second of all, if we didn't have this situation out there, there's a good chance that you and I would have never connected. We, we won't be having this conversation. I'm sure we would have connected at some point, but maybe, yeah. but maybe, but maybe not as soon. Um, and I'm happy and I'm able to create this amazing content and have conversations uh, with folks like yourself and learn more about you and what you do. So for anybody watching, Matt and I were going to have a offline connection, right? We were going to yeah. take it offline. We we're going to have a networking chat, but I said, you know what, dude, we're, 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 gentlemen of the people and we are going to take it to the masses and show people how we do it um so as i mentioned before matt came on my on my podcast live but we had some other folks there so we really didn't have a chance to connect and bond and kind of bro it out so you know something that i always like to ask i'm a recruiter by trade matt but like tell me man tell me who you are and what you do best brother oh man and look we're still gonna have an offline talk that's gonna yes happen. um <laughs> but who i am is probably more important than what i do so uh, first and foremost, like I'm a father, I'm a husband. Those are the two things I'm most proud of. I've always wanted to be a dad and I absolutely love it. It's probably the number one reason I, uh, I made a career change so I could be home with my kid every day. But um, I'm also somebody that loves to break rules. My number one thing that I go after with breaking rules is those that are unwritten. The love things it. that people think you can't do, but it's not written anywhere. Especially on LinkedIn, everyone's like, "You can't do that on LinkedIn." I'm just like, "Where is it in the user agreement?" I don't care. So, yeah. like, push, push the limits. Rules, yeah. Like writing about topics you're not supposed to write about. Like I love that stuff. I'm a rule breaker. I'm a music fanatic. Vinyl records, old school music, classic rock, playing the guitar, singing. That stuff keeps me sane. Nature love is it. my big thing, you know. So, and I'm very passionate 
about serving others, especially making sure that no one feels alone in this world with how they feel. I'm a big mental health advocate. And, um, you know, I think I'm actually pretty funny too. That's probably something on the list. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty hilarious actually. But I hear that people say that they're funny. Like, like when someone says like, oh, I'm actually funny that they're not really that funny. No, I'm hilarious. <laughs> True, story. True story, man. No, I, I make, I make, I make people what? piss themselves. I made people piss themselves. That's how That's I know I'm funny. You know, here's, here's a funny thing though. Is I have this disorder called cataplexy. What's that? Cataplexy is a muscle weakness disorder. It's neurological and it usually complements uh, narcolepsy, which is also a gift I have. Uh, but cataplexy is this thing where when you have extreme emotions, sometimes it can cause you to pass out. The number one wow. reason usually is laughter. So if mm. I laugh too hard, I start seeing stars and then the ship's going down. And it's actually, Whoa. there's nothing dangerous about it. It's just hilarious. So for my friends, it's like a badge of honor if they tell a joke so good that I just topple over. Wow. Yeah. And it's even funnier when I'm alone watching well, comedy and I pass out by myself. <laughs> I was I was about to ask you, I was about to ask you, we'll get to that in a little bit, right? Like, so what's the protocol if you're alone? Like, you know, let's just say this conversation gets, you know, real funny and yeah. you pass out. Do I have to literally like call your neighbor from here yeah, I'll be in fine. New York? I'll pop back up. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't knock me out. I just go down. So like, kind of like, day, like lightheaded. Day, oh yeah. I get you no know, superstars, everything. And I'm like, I just some people pay for that shit oh yeah. man but like i was watching a netflix comedy special the other day and i'm eating cereal and it was so far i started shaking like that and this milk's going all over the place i couldn't move it like i was like no where, 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 were you, where were you watching uh tom segura uh ball hog you're the Rock, second person in, you're the second person in two days who told me that so i'm gonna put oh, that on my, my radar mind. you gotta put uh, it on your radar so i watch that i watch uh, well that's on my radar i watched pete davidson which i thought was pretty funny yeah. i thought it was okay like it didn't make me lose it the last comedian yeah. uh well i thought the last dave Chappelle special was absolutely he pushed the yeah. limits in every like i mean that was i think the point of it he literally pushed the limits in every way but the last um who what was his name uh louis ck and i think we're, i think it's been long enough where we could talk about louis i mean he did some things that like you may not want to do can we talk about him yeah, no, I like him too. He's pretty. Funny. We're, we're, yeah. Well, I don't want the LinkedIn police to get me on there, yeah, but um, we were uh, a couple of years ago. We were at Madison Square Garden, and I, I really had one of those instances. And maybe I have that what you have, where I laughed so hard, I, I, I thought I was having a heart attack. I, oh, I felt it. I, he was talking about. Um, <laughs> I can't really talk about what made me laugh there, but it had to do yeah. with two New York City subway rats that were uh, lusting after each other. We'll uh -huh. call it that. And it was a, it just it just got me hysterical. But we're we're going completely off topic here, and that's usually fine. Um, but getting back to your day to day, man. Um, so you're in corporate America. Like, what happened there? What was your kind of epiphany moment when you're like, uh, you know what? No, been there, done that. Uh, I'm done with this shit. Done. I'm out of here. Yeah. No, it was a. Uh... Right around first was my son was born in 2013 and, you know, with my wife almost not making it through the, the birth, it was a pretty big, scary moment. And then a month after that, my dad died just out of nowhere. Oh, man. So that was a huge wake up call, <sighs> losing, losing my best friend, man. Um, I'm sorry to literally, hear. You know, but he was there for the birth of my son. Like he got to meet him for like one day, you yeah. know, and so like uh, when he passed, I mean, I got to say, I love you one more time before he passed, not knowing he was going to die. Um, not many people have that opportunity. Yeah. And I was really blessed when he passed and there was nothing left unsaid. So that was a pretty big defining moment. And then it, it hit me later that year, like um, probably a couple months after where I was just like, this traveling 25 nights a month thing, 
not being able to see my kid, like except oh, on weekends, not knowing what him. kind of life is that? Like, it's not, it's not a life. It's like, oh, but you have this six figure salary. You got this nice car. You have this, you know, you got everything going on. Everyone's so happy for you, but then you feel ungrateful because you want something different. You know, I'm supposed to feel grateful, but I wasn't, I was miserable. I was so unhappy. It was just days I break down. So it was a pretty big defining moment. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I changed, changed companies. I went to Carter's and <clears> man, we were, I was, my district was crushing it. We were doing so good. And then there were two weeks in the company where the whole company was underperforming and everybody was all of a sudden, like all these meetings started happening. People were like, we need action plans. We need you to come down on your teams. And I'm like, it's two weeks. I was like, right now our teams need us more than ever. They don't need fear. They don't need us coming down on them. I'm like, and it just hit me. I'm like, you know, we're selling friggin' shirts and shoes. We're not curing cancer. Exactly. I didn't get the, I didn't get the Kool-Aid anymore. It's like the Kool-Aid didn't work. And I was like, we're off. No, I'm tired of making people feel excited about working on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's screw our family. Let's be away from let's our family. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it just didn't make sense. And I'm not down on people who love their retail jobs because I there are parts of it's really fun, but it just didn't make sense. I felt called to do something bigger in this world. And so that was the big moment where I was like, that's it, I'm done. And then it finally kicked off when I was, I started, my health started failing me. I could feel it. And all of a sudden they were putting me on more and more prescription pills and it was getting worse and worse. I was like, you know, maybe I don't want another pill. Maybe, maybe it's the job. Maybe it's, maybe it's my relationship with the job. That's not good either. Mm, so unhealthy. once I got so sick, I couldn't work anymore. My mental health crumbled. My physical health crumbled. I was like, that's it. And it was, Dece it was uh, April 10th, 2015, sitting in the parking lot of my doctor's office. Uh, I got diagnosed with a handful of more things. And wow. uh, I just sat there thinking, I was like, and again, my boss is calling me left and right. Like, cause we have to get this loss prevention audit done really quickly. And I'm like, so all this know, shit was just coming know, down on you. I know I'm getting a CAT scan that day and like on my brain and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't care. So yeah, I called HR. It was like the hardest call to make. It was like slow motion. And I hit the call button. And I, all I remember saying is, I'm going on medical leave and I'm not coming in next week. And then the rest was a blur. Hmm. Um, and I never went back. That's it. Yep. I was uh, also. If anyone out there is thinking like they're going to wait for the perfect time to do this stuff, it's never you better a perfect get used time. to waiting. You better get used <laughs> to waiting because when I did it, oh, I, man. Was, I, I was overdrafting my bank account. Let's, like it was miserable. Let, let, let's kind of, let, let, let's kind of ruminate on, let's kind of ruminate on that for a minute because, you know, I kind of want to inter, 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 intertwine, interweave. Um, I just had a giant iced coffee. Me too. This time, and you know, Gary V is calling it a pause to quote Gary V for a minute here. And I think pause is really interesting um, where maybe people could take a deep breath and say, you know what? I've been working my ass off for a really long time and I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. Maybe this is the universe's way of telling me to kind of evaluate um, and think about what's next or if I should still continue on this path that I'm on. Right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think hitting that pause button and taking evaluation is a huge thing. That was the first step hit pause and asking yourself like is this the legacy i want to leave you know and is it all worth it and once i said well i've got financial pressure and i'm like well i created my financial pressure this is my fault i bought this house i bought these things well, this is my fault so i got to take accountability for it and say do i really need these things because i heard a lot of my clients they bitch about like 
oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I want this so bad. And I'm like, not bad enough because your actions show that you don't want it because you still have all these nice things that you exactly. Have have. So I'm like, your, your, uh, your actions say that you want to keep living the life you have. You kind of hit the nail on the head there. There's two things. One, it's accountability. And for me, and I don't want to go too deep into my story, but I actually will because tomorrow's a five-year anniversary of me getting fired from VaynerMedia. And that was also the, the anniversary when I took accountability in my own actions and really said everything that happens in my life is me. And I got I to gotta take accountability for it and make those changes. Um, the accountability piece, why is it so hard for so many people to actually stop for a moment and say, you know what? This is in my control. This is what I'm responsible for. This is what I can do. And this is what I legitimately cannot do because it's out of my control. Like this virus is out of your control. How you react to it and respond, that's within your control. Yeah, people don't take accountability because it sucks. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, quick, 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 quick PSA. Hi, this is accountability yeah. uh, on an ad yeah. on the podcast. Uh, just reminding everybody yeah. that I suck. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it's, it sucks taking accountability. It hurts. It means you can no longer... Uh, be a victim and it also means you can no longer be right like we argue about these things we don't take accountability because we're defending our stance on being right about what we do you know and so every day i've got reasons to be you know have an excuse you know every day when i look at all the different medications that i have to take i'm like oh they're all my excuses those are all my crutches and i can mm -hmm. say well i can't do this stuff and I'm like, nah, those are all the things that show me how I'm just thriving and overcoming stuff in life. I take accountability for all the things that I have and how I can crush it every day. Yeah. So taking accountability is the first step into like embracing your call to adventure and like experiencing real transformation. Because everybody yeah. wants transformation, but nobody wants to do the climb to get there. The work, the work. You got up, you got like anything, fitness, like emotional, physical health. It's the work. So I want to get back to your story here. I'm I'm really interested. So so now you're on medical leave. You've kind of already decided I'm done with this crap. I'm not going back to corporate America. But like what was that thought process? What was that journey to get you from that day in the parking lot to where you are now? Man. So I had already started going to coaching school, the coaches training institute. I was halfway through it because I'd started that in September 14th. And so I'd already found my calling in life and started pursuing it. But again, waiting for the perfect moment to do that jump, you know, and so to do that full time. But there I was, you know, on medical leave. I probably have enough physical energy in me now to work 20 hours a month. And yeah. my mental health was a disaster, too. So instead of first, instead of grinding away at building my new business, I knew I had to do things differently. I used to believe that my only gift was like to out hustle and outwork people. And now I was, that was taken away. And so I had to embrace this limiting belief I have that, that I'm smart because I used to not think that. I had people like, you know, just always tell me I was a cheerleader and that's it. And uh, no, I'm actually smart. And so I embraced that. And again, I started diving back into the things in my life that I forgot to do. Like I forgot how much I love music and I forgot how much I love volunteering. It had been years since yeah. I volunteered, like working with kids you know, uh, leaning into faith. Like I hadn't, man, you know, there all was these so things, things. Being yeah, your passion outside. came back. So, <laughs> yeah. My passion. So instead of investing all my time into work, I invested into redesigning my life. And then I built my work around that. Awesome. And it was very challenging. Cause again, negative bank account most you know most months you know? well yeah this journey is going to take you, you it takes a while from going from that nice six-figure salary and making that pivot right there's a pain yeah. in the pivot there's pain there's pain in the pivot and i think that's what people are scared of, of of the unknown yeah no absolutely it's the unknown 
And, uh, and there I was in the middle of it. So yeah, I had to not re like reinvent myself. I had to rediscover because all the things I was starting to do were all things that I used to love doing, you know, a long time ago. So, and every time I did one of those things, it like poured more energy back into me. And so when I did work those 20 hours in a month, man, I was like so productive. My creativity was alive and love I just it. started like just on fire. And so, and again, I didn't have a dime in my pocket to buy any kind of marketing tools. You know, I didn't have anything to build a website or business cards. There were times I didn't have gas to even go see a client in person. But every time I thought of a tool that I wanted and I couldn't pay for it, I just found a way to design it myself. Right. Hack it. You know, and I spent most of my time building my pitch and being able to articulate, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So I was like, look, if you can't talk about what you do to a total stranger at Starbucks, you have no business buying any marketing tools. No. And how can I how could no. how could you tell it to anybody who's going to trust you? I mean, let's I mean pause on that for a second. I mean, the elevator pitch is such an essential key for anybody, right? Like especially in this time now when you have downtime and either you're thinking about a pivot, you're thinking about reinventing yourself, you're thinking about doing something different. Before you figure out the end game, you got to start with the foundation. You got to build. Yeah. You got to build all those peaches. So let's talk about your 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 coaching practice. And I find it fascinating whenever I talk to coaches. Um, first question is, what what is your coaching approach and mantra yeah so my slogan is live with a courageous heart and the whole purpose behind that is what it means to live life aligned with your values because i believe it takes extreme courage to live life aligned by your values and not the values that your friends and your family and society wanted for you and so that takes courage uh and that's also the immediate path to finding like fulfillment in life not happiness but fulfillment you know and so there's a difference between the two but i have uh, I have spent a lot of time working with a very diverse group of people. And I did that specifically to discover what my niche was <clears throat> versus just deciding what it was one day and going out there. I want to say who gravitates towards me, who naturally comes my way and who do I love working with? And so I found that I loved working with people who went through similar experiences as me. And that was typically high performers, like elite performers, executives, entrepreneurs, you know, they gravitated towards me the most because they saw me living a life that they were like longing for, but didn't know how to get into it. So they were on the verge of burnout where they had burned out and their performance was now right. starting to suffer. And like they had no family life, they had no life outside of work and they just had no way to escape, you know? And so the funny thing is a lot of them would approach me first for professional development, some kind of professional coaching. Interesting. As soon as they got into a conversation with me, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm suffering. I'm depressed. I need help. Like my family life. It's, it was just a safe way for them to talk about life coaching. And so I stopped going by this whole executive coaching thing and just said, no, I'm like a mindset coach, life coach. Cause that's honestly what I do. Mindset, mindset, everything. You, I can't help you with any of your professional development. If right. your mindset garbage can't, it's just like building a house on a, just a crap foundation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all starts with the foundation and now such a reset for everybody. Um, so, you know, mind, mindset's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to give away all your secrets here, all your trade secrets, but, you know, I'll when you anything when, I want. <laughs> open source here, like when, when, when you first decide to engage with a potential client, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that most good coaches, they will have a pre call first to make sure that somebody is open to being coached and, that, yeah. and that's aligning, right? But what is, that, what, what is that process to see if somebody's aligned with your methods, your style, and to see if they're really receptive to being, if they're coachable? First, 
if a client's willing to jump through a few hoops, a potential client to get to you, that says a lot to me. So if they're willing to go first through like an, like an email screening or if they you know, they go through my virtual assistant first now. And so she'll send a message out and she'll tell them exactly what I'm looking for. And if this is the right fit. And I also make it very clear that this is going to be a paid coaching relationship first, that they are going to explore a, you know, financial and time commitment. And if they mm -hmm. fit some of that criteria about, like I just talked about executives, high performers, elite performers, they fit all that category and what they're looking for. Then they respond and say, yes, that is what I want. I meet that stuff. And then she will help schedule the complimentary session. And look, I'm willing to invest some serious time yeah. into somebody in the beginning because this is a big deal. This is expensive. Yeah, it's huge. You know, because I'm giving people as I only work with 15 people at any given time because I right. want to be dedicated and committed to them over those next six months. So, right. yeah, I will, I'm going to invest some time because I need to see if it's the right fit. Not for just you. you, not you. You're not just picking me. I'm picking you too because I, I, I want to work with people that I'd want in my inner circle. You know, these are people I'm like, yeah, we align. There's the people you want on your team. You want yeah, on your, this absolutely. is your team because this is your job. This is your, this is your business and you're choosing the people that you work with and they're choosing with you. It's, it's very much, it's very, it's very much like dating, right? Yeah. Um, is there like, are there like a couple of like initial questions so you can kind of gauge their current mindset? Like how do you do that litmus test for their current mindset? Yeah. You know, I have a series of like five questions, um, that, that go out to them when they schedule the appointment. And I think one of them that I think is really a value is asking them, where do you give your power away and to whom? And that question throws a lot of people off. They're like, where do I give my power away? And it's a time to get very honest, you know, and think to yourself, like, where in my life am I? Cause a lot of people say, Oh, people are robbing me of my energy. People are taking from me. I'm like, now nah, you're giving it to them. Nobody steals from you unless you give it to them. So that question gets a lot of people thinking and gets their head in the right space too. And I also ask them too, like, look, if you're paying a hundred thousand dollars for this, you know, what would you want out of it? Cause honestly, gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to act like a hundred thousand dollar coach. Anyways, I'm going to perform that way. You know, maybe I should charge that, but, um, but that's the whole thing. I'm like, what's the big picture. I want to teach know your value to dream big. So yeah, I give them some tough questions that go in you know, that introspective type questions. So they get an idea that, look, we're going to dive deep in this. So yeah. I only want to work with people that are willing to go to that vulnerable space. And yeah, so vulnerability. But that's that's another thing too. Um, vulnerability is a, an interesting thing, and it's a lot more than a buzzword. I mean, vulnerability. You know, for me, I didn't really open up my vulnerability until probably a couple of years after you know I, I left Vayner and I was going down the road of my new career path. And vulnerability for me was the first time when I was able to tell people my story of Vayner of saying the word "I got fired," yeah. "I got let go," "I got fired." For a while, I spun it as you know, I, I got, you know, we parted ways. It wasn't right for me. But once I was able to share my story and really be open to exactly what happened there, because it, yes, I, I don't let that one moment define my entire life. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't like predicate my future, but it, what it does is it allows me to be more relatable to people and say, Hey, listen, everyone else, lots of so many other people have been through the same thing. So many people have been in, in, in a situation where they might not be in the right job. They might've not been set up for success. Maybe like me, you weren't in a position mentally at that time to bring your A game. Wasn't the right place. Wasn't the right time. And looking back on it, I could say I'm thankful for that five years ago. Cause I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. I'd probably be yeah. in some other career where I wasn't being fulfilled. Right. Yep. But now I'm fulfilled in my career. I love what I do and everything. Um, I want to take a quick pause and just recognize some of our, our fan club. Uh, Lorena Acosta, our number one fan. I, I think um, 
I think I'm the co-president of her fan club and, and vice versa. Uh, Anthony, who I spoke with last week, just an incredible dude. Mark Noodleberg. Mark, what's happening, man? Uh, you and I are connecting, I think, on Thursday. Um, Tracy, I don't know you too well. Oh, I know. Hi, Tracy. What's happening over there? Uh, and everyone else tuning in across all the other platforms. I know your time is valuable. So thank you all for spending uh, some time on this Tuesday slash Wednesday slash Thursday slash Sunday slash whatever day this feels like to you um day with with matt and i um so matt uh you mind if we get a little personal well that's kind of my thing so yeah that's yeah. kind of your thing that's so kind of my thing. um when matt matt was on my show last monday um and i know matt's going through a lot during these times now and if you don't mind me saying you know you're, you're separated from your family um because they are physically in maine i believe right it's your in your in-laws house up there um and as a parent, I got two small kids. I have an eight-year-old and a, an eight-year-old daughter, one and a half-year-old son. They're somewhere up there on my. They're, they're over there somewhere on my on my mantle. Um, there's nothing more than a parent in your heart wants is 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 for our kids to be safe. Like, and you know in your heart that your kids are safe. How how does that balance between knowing that they're safe and being physically apart from them feel? I um, it's a tug of war. You know, there are some moments where it just sucks. Uh, and then there are other moments where I'm grateful. And then there are a lot of moments where I feel both, you know, and, uh, you know, the other day was really tough because, uh, you know, they left on March 10th. This was supposed to be just like a spring yes. break kind of a 21 days ago, three you weeks. Know? Yeah, exactly. And so now it's, you know, unknown when we'll be reunited. But, um, you know, a couple two days ago, he rode his bike for the first time without training wheels. And it was a moment of being so proud, but then a moment of like, well, I was supposed to be the guy holding the bike. You know, I was going to let go. He was going to do that. And um, so that was that was a hard moment where I had a, a pretty major pity party that day. Okay. And rightfully so, man. It's yeah. okay to have that feeling. No, oh, you're absolutely. human. You're a fucking dad. Like, yeah. of course you're going to feel that. No, no. And, and uh, I gave myself that. Like, I just broke down, man. And it was uh, it was really hard. But at the same time, being grateful that being proud of him. You know, again, he's totally disconnected from everything that's going on. He's in the woods. You know, there's no one bothering him out there. He's Good. Totally, totally safe. You know, and so and he's around family that just loves him to death. So uh, we FaceTime as much as possible. But, you know, it's it's not easy being in this space surrounded by his artwork and toys and just like seeing the shadows of a family life. You know, <sighs> so it took um, I'm not going to lie. It took a couple weeks to really find a, a way to get moving again, you know. And so uh, the first thing that happened was I stopped sleeping properly. And then once I, I stop sleeping right, then my nutrition goes downhill because my body starts wanting carbs and sugars. I stop working out because I don't feel good. And then when I stop working out, I stop reaching out to people. I isolate. And then it goes to depression. So it all starts with sleep. And so I got back onto my sleep schedule yesterday and I woke up this morning feeling great. You yeah, know, you were telling me that when you came on it. It all starts with being energized, right? You have to have your body, you know, we're, we're, we're in this weird place, man. We're in a very weird place, but at least you know that your family's safe and you know that you're going to be reunited with them. This is temporary. This oh, is yeah. temporary. It this is, is temporary. not, you know, this is temporary. This is not, you know, this is awful. Like, don't get us wrong. What's happening right now in the world, what's happening in the States, what's happening here in New York and so many other cities is horrible. Um, but it is preventable to an extent. And, um, we will, we will prevail and we will get back to it. Um, but you have to have that faith and you have to believe in, in, in deeply in your faith right now yeah. and knowing yeah. that your kids are in a better, they're, they're in a good spot right now. They're safe. And I've, I've made peace with the fact that I'm probably going to miss his birthday, you know, at the end of April, like that's more than likely going to happen. You know, if it happens, it happens, but you know, I'm going to make the best out of it. 
and I'm going to utilize this time the best that I can. But you talked earlier about, you know, feeling powerless. You know, we don't have control a lot of this situation. We don't, but you do have total control over those supply lines, I call them, because that's what I focused on getting healthy. I can't control my, you know, I couldn't control the sicknesses that the illnesses that I had, but I could control my sleep, my nutrition, my prayer time, my fitness, and my inner circle of friends. Total control over those five things. Every human being hmm. does. And so once you focus on those basic needs, man, your mindset's going to be solid as a rock. It makes you almost bulletproof to the outside stresses of the world. So get on track with those things now. Absolutely. And, and how, how are you dealing with the, with the, with the isolation? Um, it, it, it's tough, right? Like, you know, I, I mean, I have my, my, I, I, I have plenty of people around me and I'm almost kind of like, I'm missing the isolation. I would like a little bit of isolation. Um, but are you finding those silver linings in the isolation? Like so much introspective thought and so much time alone to really go back to those passions that you, that are reinvigorating you. So when they do come back, you're going to be like, you're going to grab your son and you're just going to jam on the guitar and show him stuff. And like what you just learned and throw in some records that you haven't heard in a number of years. Like let's talk about the silver linings of isolation. Well, you know, uh, I want to reframe the word isolation to solitude. Uh, isolation Fair. feels like a retreat, like a running away from something. Uh, solitude is a place of recharge and a place of being introspective. And so if I reframe it to that, I'm in a better mindset. I don't know if I give off the energy or not, but I'm a raging extrovert. And so human connection, <laughs> if you can't tell, big, you know, he's also wearing a weighted vest for anybody who's just listening to this. Show. No, these are explosives. I'm ready to go at any time. <laughs> he's I'm good to go. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, like the, uh, the solitude piece, I am learning to, to value that. Cause I right. always have, as I've gotten older, I've learned to value solitude, just a place to be gr grateful. And so the first thing I did was I created a space cause I really value physical environment. Like yep. I need a good physical environment, a place to feel safe, a place to recharge. So I use this tiny backyard. I'm in a small apartment right now. I saw that picture, man. Yeah, yeah. and you're in Austin, oh, right? Yeah. We're we're part we're part of Austin, even. I'm South Austin. I'm about five minutes from downtown. So okay, cool. I'm in a good location, but I got a, a beautiful house out in Lakeway near the near the lake, um, just outside. But I I lease it out now so we can travel more, um, and be separated. Uh, but uh. But yeah, I took my backyard, I put down some simple stuff just to make it nice, a little bit of mulch, a little bit of like a little fire pit, some tables, like I got old Christmas lights that were free that are white. And so yeah, it's a That's little happy need, man. Yeah, it's thrilled. So I'm playing records. You know, I've been playing eight tracks because I got a little portable eight track player. So oh, my man. Bluetooth speaker broke. So I popped in some oh. Zeppelin on an eight track player. So, oh man, it's a different yeah. sound. It's a different, if it, um, it's a different aesthetic, right? It's a different yeah. audio aesthetic on on the vinyl versus a track versus digital versus oh, yeah. streaming right no, so many yeah portable a track it sounds like garbage but it was so much fun uh, <laughs> so it was great you know it, it just you yeah. know you get creative and resourceful during this time period um or you can just be totally miserable or you can be totally crippled by the possibilities of what to do everyone i've heard so many people going there's so much i could be doing i need to utilize this time i need to take advantage do it and so they just think about how am i going to do that I'm like, just do something. And so you won't just know. take action. Take just take action. action. Poke around, try some different stuff, you know? So uh, I've been doing that, but I definitely, I'll be honest with everybody. I had some very down days and uh, I ate a lot of cereal and I just mm. sat around, you know, today was yeah. a great day where I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wear pants. Like this is a big day for me. I'm going to put yeah. pants on. So, um, you know, there are things to celebrate right now, but and just because we have all this time, <laughs> It's overwhelming. It's almost too much. 
Yeah, you got you got to find your outlets out there. And and listen, there's some people that, you know, I'm lucky. I have a very good situation here. I mean, I lost my office space because it's a public space got closed. So now I'm broadcasting, you know, from my den, which at first I was a little hesitant on. And now I really love it. You know, I'm in my yeah. I'm in my baseball seats. These are my prized possession. I'm sitting and you really can't see them oh, here. Man, you, I love that. I can see these I are these are seats for Shea Stadium here um, that I love. And yeah, I'm a Mets fan, and like I'll give you a little tour here. We 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 redid this room last year. It was our least favorite room, but now look, it's literally this is our happy place. Yeah, baby. right. And yeah. we turned this room around, and it's our favorite room. We got the kids stuff there, uh, yep. and then behind me, I got the mantle. We got all of our our tchotchkes up there. Um, but this is our happy place, and it turned out to be now it's my happy place. Sorry for the bad camera work here. Um, but it's making the best out of a, a shitty situation. But the other part is, there's a lot of people out there that don't have this. So I'm very mindful about, you know, talking about what I have in my creative process and everything. And I think um, it's so crazy, dude, because we are physically so disconnected from everybody. But I feel this is the earth telling us to pause and reconnect with humanity, reconnect with our loved ones, reconnect with our family. And we're going to get through this, man. Yeah, I'm encouraging a lot of my clients to start redesigning their life so that when things do pick back up, they can figure out how to design their work now, their career around that life. We got to find a way to take some of the things that we design right now and hold them sacred and not just forget about them because it'd be so easy to go back to business as usual. So I hope that this is a redefining moment and a, and a call out to people's lives. So, But yeah, there's so many ways to stay connected with people. And so I've done my best to try and FaceTime now, do Zoom calls, you know, whatever possible. Like, look, performing music is a big thing for me. Like, I love to perform open mics. I sing usually every week. I do a set and it, it keeps me off the news. It makes me happy, you know, and so uh, yeah, posi now, positive. Yeah. But now there's like a Facebook group, the uh, karaoke quarantine, you know, and they've got a couple hundred thousand people on there now. It started crazy. two weeks ago and you go on there, you can submit videos. You could play live. So, you know, some nights I've gone in there. I've just played for an hour live. And there's people That's awesome. all over the country that are listening in. And hey, you got new fans. Yeah, it's new fans. And sometimes I just start talking about, you know, I, I start doing almost pieces of the TED Talk that I was supposed to deliver two weeks ago. And I'll do it in oh. November. But I just start sharing it with people. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, but uh, I'm there to serve. And I'll do it through music if I have to. And I don't care if I screw up or play bad. I'm just there to connect with people. If, so if, if you don't, I, I love it, man. If you don't mind giving us a, I don't want your whole TED talk, but what's your TED talk going to be about? Well, the title of it is live with a courageous heart. It will be about values. And, and honestly, it kind of starts with this idea of when I was a kid and being this, like, I was well known for being a champion at hide and seek, you know, as a kid, I, I love that game. And you beat, you beat Sasquatch. You beat Sasquatch oh, at hide I and could. seek. Yeah. I, I was, I would hide in dark spots and mud. I would hide in water if I had to. You were a like, chameleon. Whatever I had to do. But the cool thing about that game was, is that uh, if somebody found you, they still had to tag you to be out. Like you, you had a chance to run like hell. Right. It's one part else. to find you, but they still yeah. had to catch you. So I run like hell. Good luck catching me. Cause we played at night. So Ooh. it was awesome. Like we were, you know, we were like young teenagers at the time. And so I run like hell. And the thing is, is that I was so good at that game. I never stopped playing. Cause by the time I got older, I was still playing it in life. You know, and I was just doing it now in the real world. I was constantly hiding, you know, with these masks that I was wearing. And it got to the point where I couldn't find myself anymore. You know, I was so, so well hidden. And if anyone did get close enough to see me, to see who I really was, I'd run. Like, 
I'd run. I wouldn't let anybody see what was going on underneath. I had to check off all these boxes and be the good boy and be successful. And so, yeah, I, I lived life with values that were defined by others. And I allowed myself to, but I stayed hidden for a long time. That's deep, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, eventually hearing that in November. So, so Matt, uh, I want I want to close things off here um, with a couple of questions that I really, I really, I love asking every guest because the perspective is incredible. What's What's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Greatest piece of advice that I've received. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I wasn't trying to lower my voice. Uh, I'm going to talk lower. Let's uh, let's get personal. But uh, <laughs> the best advice, you know, that I've heard is uh, that I've been given is just like, you know, quitters stay down, you know, winners get back up um, next to also money is infinite and time is finite. Yeah. And uh, that one's really powerful to me because I know myself at one point in time and I know others that really put their value into money and mm. money is always going to be there at some level, but your time is finite. You don't yep. have so much of that. And so you got to decide, how do you want to spend that time? Do you want to spend it chasing money? Do you think that's really going to make you happy? You know, Hey, your kids are happy. They're going on vacations. They got all this stuff, but they don't have you. So what are you trying to teach them? So we've got only so much time in this world. And I have to constantly remind myself of that along with, you know, even my own, not to say it's my own advice, but it's my own identity that I choose to take on. And that is the courageous heart. And that identity statement says, I am the courageous heart that passionately beats to serve and empower the hurt, broken and lost. That's an identity, a purpose for me in life, not just a career that I remember every single day when I step out of bed, I'm like, I got to remember who I am in life and that that's how I walk through every day. That's powerful, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And, and Matt, what, you know, during this time, I mean, I, I am, I only know you for about an hour and 15 minutes total of life right now, but I I'm getting a good sense of kind of, I'm, I'm scratching the surface here and I know that you're seeing the positive in this every single damn day. You see the positive, you see the light here. What's that one big silver lining that you've experienced so far? You know, um, there are days when I feel like I've been training for this event my whole life because um, I've already been through a lot of stuff. But I think the silver lining is is how I can serve others right now because I am I am no, uh, no beginner to adversity, you know. And so I feel like this is my chance to step up and serve. So I can be there for people right now. And I've got people who will be there for me. So yeah, this is a chance to be, I'm forced to be alone right now and to take some introspective time. I'm also challenged to face some of my own stuff that would really trigger me during these time periods. And I, I really don't want to, um, but I am, I'm being challenged. I do the work too. I want everyone to know that I do my own work. I'm not perfect. I got my stuff and I have my own coach. I got my own circle, but that's been the biggest thing is knowing that I've been training for this my whole life. And this is a time where I can serve. And I'm not talking about a career perspective here, just serving the world. And that's why I put my number out there recently. I was like, look, you got stuff going on. Call me, text me. I'm here for you anytime. I got you, you know, and I just want people to know they're heard and they're seen. Even if they don't call or text me, I just, you're heard, you're seen, you're not alone. 
I love it, man. And and last but not least, you've been through some dark times when you've had to really dig down deep and, and harness that inner tenacity. And on, on the other side of that, too, when we get through this, when your son was born, you know, and you wanted to show extreme gratitude, what, what pulled you up, Matt? What was your what is your North Star? Oh, that's faith. Yeah. No, for me, like it's God. Like I've got I've got a lot of faith, even when I was angry at God and I was mad. Um, you know, you have to believe in one in order to be angry at one. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I lean into <laughs> faith quite a bit, you know, and so, uh, it, and there's honestly, there's, uh, on my LinkedIn profile, you know, I'm not preachy about it, but like in my LinkedIn profile, I've got it right on my headline. I've got a scripture there. It's a value of mine. I'm not going to hide it. You know, people told me you can't talk about it on LinkedIn. I'm like, well, I can talk about anything. Um, I'm not Bible thumping. I'm just sharing my value, but that scripture just says first Samuel 17, 48. It just says David ran towards Goliath. And I'm like, that's my jam, man. I'm going to, what giants am I supposed to be running towards today? Slay them. All of you like, look, you got a giant in your life. Are you running towards it? Or are you retreating? You know, so you can't give that power away to that giant. You run towards that thing and you'd be surprised. Actually, it's not that big of a giant after all, once you start running towards it, it's actually pretty yeah. small. And the, and the closer you get to it, the smaller it gets. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I love our, I love our conversation today, brother. Me too. This is a good one. Aho. Yeah. Where, where, where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Where could they learn more? Uh, you can't see me in person because that's dangerous. <laughs> He's got the bomb vest on. Uh, it's not, I'm a disease-free person actually, but, um, uh, look, you want to connect with me. I don't have a finished website. I've never needed one, but LinkedIn is where I do probably 70% yeah. of my business. Find me on LinkedIn. Let's chat. But, uh, direct messaging is usually hard for me there. So connect with me there, but you can email me Matt at lifestorycoaching.net. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. I'm, <laughs> This is probably a conversation for another day, but I'm learning to transition from the life story coaching brand to my own personal brand, you know, and that was a weird choice because I was like, is it all about me? But yeah. that's how people recognize me. So you can find me on Instagram now at, at I am Matt Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N. But yeah, reach out to me anytime. I just love connecting with epic people. Awesome, man. Uh, and everyone, everyone following along on the stream. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time saying hello to everybody on um, Twitch, which I just signed up for everyone on my Facebook page, which we signed up for and everyone obviously on LinkedIn, you know, my home turf. I uh, certainly appreciate everyone joining us on the podcast. I have a crazy week coming up uh, tomorrow. I am talking to uh, I don't want to mispronounce his last name. Uh, Luke, Luke Kasunik from Kansas City, Missouri. Him and his crew out there have built a pretty cool Gen Z uh, social marketing agency. So I want to talk to a Gen Z or make myself feel real old, Matt. Um, that'll be fun. I'm trying. I'm going to try not to be the old man in the room. Um, Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time, I am having a happy hour with my main man, Bon and Bo. I don't know if you know Bon and Bon is a man. Um, check them out. The guy's been around the block a few times. And then Friday, I'm going to wrap it up with my true 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 um my my soul brother and my complete spirit animal dave Meltzer, uh someone that i absolutely love dave's going to be on at one o'clock p.m eastern time i'm also recording tomorrow with dawn burke uh we're gonna have a great chat about uh recruitment branding it's incredible so i'm doubling down on my content i'm doing a lot there and tomorrow's also a big day for me and i'll talk about it tomorrow it's my five-year x vayner anniversary five years since gary said get the hell out but i love you I get the hell out, but I love you. You, you don't got to leave, but you can't stay here. Uh, and I love Gary. And uh, maybe he'll have me on his tea with Gary V at 9 a.m. tomorrow. We'll see. 
if I will make a special guest appearance. But Matt, let's keep the conversation going. And everyone following us, thank you for joining us on the podcast live. We'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Catch us in. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pawscast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepawscast.com.